You're listening to 3CR Radio. You are indeed on 3CR, in your face in fact with James. And on this week's show, we feature two queer musicians from Melbourne and play their music. Harder Tracks and Benjamin Trelado. 3CR And we're going to kick things off with a track from Harder Tracks before we chat with them. This is Beast. known as Alexander Dubois, and I chatted with him this week. Hi, James. So Beast is um, one of my latest uh, songs I've been working on recently, and I've been experimenting a little bit more with my sound to, I guess, find a find a medium between experimental and a, a lot more of a commercial kind of pop and polished um kind of sound i've been i've been working a little bit more on the 4-4 kind of time and just trying to get everything you know that pleasure center and just trying to um just trying to make a bit of a banger to be honest um so i've been having a lot of fun with that and experimenting with new sounds and a lot less reverb and delay on my vocals um yeah you had a burst where you worked on three tracks created three tracks within a week can you tell us about that process i did yes so i so I wrote Beast and I wrote another one called 444 and Skin Hunger in the space of four to five days, I think. Um, what happened essentially is I went through a pretty emotional breakup, which was not fun, but it was unfortunately necessary. And um, it informed a lot of um, 
yeah, a lot of the material that's in my, um, in the last three songs that I wrote. But um, for me, it was just a really great way to channel all that energy into something other than my pillow, <laughs> um, something other than my tears. And I um, really, really am thankful. Like in that moment, I was very, very thankful that I had all the devices to be able to, um, yeah, create something as a response and not just wallow in my, um, wallow in my sadness, which I guess is what um, Beast is kind of about. Um, it's about, um, you know, seeing the situation for what it is, but then realizing that you, you know, that you're going to go into this place of, um, you know, this, I call it the belly of the beast, um, this place of self, um, uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, self-deprecation and um, just, just, you know, feeling sad and being with your emotions and just knowing that's part of the process and it's okay um, and just accepting it for what it is. Do you find that when you're in that state, it's the best position for you to be in to write lyrics and create music? Um, to be honest, I haven't really been able to... Uh, it's been a bit it's, it's been a bit it's been a bit hazy um since um since the breakup and i ca- i can say that these these lyrics came quite naturally but i i wouldn't say that it's the best state for me to be in to be at my most productive um but it certainly has helped i just think um yeah i'm just grateful that i was able to um yeah to file all into that i've been really impressed by one of your tracks sick of it uh, mm-hmm. Is that also about the relationship breakup? What can you tell us about that track? The lyrics are very powerful. Mm. Oh, sorry, just lighting a cigarette from my bedroom. <laughs> um, thank you. I um, Sick of It is not about the breakup. Sick of It is actually um, my first, I guess what people uh, resor- uh, what they say? Uh, refer to as a diss track. It's my first, it's my first song um, kind of in response to someone who treated me badly with a complete lack of respect and just um, kind of messed me around um, in a pretty severe way. Um, so, yeah, once again, that was my attempt to just um, make something of it. And, yeah, it's got a very different energy to a lot of the other songs that I've done, but I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it um, and trying once again to use a lot less reverb and delay on my vocals so that people can really, really hear what I'm saying and the weight of my words doesn't get lost in effects. So, yeah, that's that's what 444 um, is about. It's a, it's a tentative title. But, um, yeah, essentially it's about being taken advantage of and um, people not seeming to care about their actions and how that affects others. You're listening to an interview with queer Melbourne musician Harder Tracks. And we're going to hear one of their tracks now. This is Sick of It. And please be advised, there is a language warning. This track includes coarse lyrics. Fucking sick of it. Coming to my place, lying in my face Tell me why you do that for, for, for you fucking idiot Dealing from my place, trust you got no place Spit it out, I'm done with it and it's okay Spit it out, I'm done with it and it's okay 2020 vision in hindsight I should have seen it coming They were alright For 2020 vision on my blind side Again For 2020 vision in hindsight I should have seen it coming They were alright For 2020 vision on my blind side Again yeah. 
known as 444 and you are listening to an interview with harder tracks here on in your face you mentioned off mic that your new tracks are still in development but they do have that very polished sound uh it's almost as if they're done and dusted really i can't believe you need to do more work on them thank you i really appreciate that i'm i'm actually pretty happy with um yeah, with the production levels of them all. And I think they're done and dusted, especially Skin Hunger, um, another one that I'm looking to release a little bit um, later down the track officially. Um, I think they are pretty done and dusted structure and um, structure-wise, I suppose. Um, but I really, really want to just get that that final polish once I've done everything that I possibly can do um, to it. Maybe just get a few different pairs of ears to listen it mm-hmm. over and try to see what the best, um, yeah, the best step forward from there is because I've never um, I've never collaborated with any other mix engineers or sound engineers, sorry, or mix producers or anything like that. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of shop it around and see, um, you know, see what becomes of it, because I think it's already at a thank you at a very high level um, in my mind. Um, I'm just hoping that um, someone can show me a different perspective and maybe, um, yeah, polish it a little bit before I release it. I mean, we were talking about how powerful the lyrics on Sick of It are, but uh, the, the lyrics are also very powerful in Skin Hunger. Uh, can you describe some of those lyrics for us? Yeah, sure. So Skin Hunger is about, um, I guess it's a well-known kind of like, condition or something that happens to people when um, the human body just craves human touch and affection and it's um, it's actually becomes an essential. It becomes a less of a want and more of a need. Um, and Skin Hunger for me, I suppose, um, was uh, is talking about that that idea of um being cared for being needed being touched um but also just knowing that in those moments it's probably not um it's probably not the the wisest thing um with certain people um and that things are bigger than things are bigger than um what they seem in the in the in the time and place um but yeah skin hunger was a very very emotional song to write for me um, cause it was the first, um, yeah, it was the first of the three that I wrote. Um, and I was trying to be as honest as I could with my feelings, which I try to be usually, um, but through song sometimes, um, it's easy to, to disguise everything in metaphors and, um, effects and, um, I guess champion the, the sounding of words as opposed to the message. Um, so I'm really, really focusing on, um, yeah, once again, less reverb, less delay, but also condensing my, um, lyrics and really, uh, just making it a very succinct um, and um, relatable um, kind of journey, I suppose. 
it sounds like you're going through a very introspective time emotionally with your songwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm learning a lot about myself, and I have in the last year. Um, and so that's naturally going to come out in my lyricism, um, which is probably why I haven't released anything in quite a quite a while. Um, but yeah, I've been going through a lot of lot of changes, personal development, um, a lot to do with, um, I guess how I see myself um, in the world, how I see myself in relation to my old self. Um, there's just been a lot of things that have popped up <laughs> um, that I kind of, you know, now realise are a fundamental part of me and I, I need to look after and um, nurture. Um, and, yeah, it's been beautiful having music as a way to complement that and um, help me on that on that path. Can you tell us about that fundamental part of you that you've been on this discovery journey about? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously it's, it's quite complex. There's quite a few different layers to it, but um, I guess rooted in all of it is my, uh, it's a constant anxiety or it's a constant um, feeling that I'm not enough in certain areas of my life. There's a lot that's come up with um, sexual intimacy and emotional intimacy. There's a lot that's come up with uh, my body image. There's a lot that's come up with, um, depression's obviously always gonna be there i think um until it's not hopefully fingers crossed but um yeah it's just been it's been a tapestry of a lot of things and it's been quite confronting uh, but it's been really really healthy because um to be able to see it for what it is and to i guess it's the first time that i've wanted to turn it all around and um i guess make some efforts to to resolve some things that i think need resolution um but yeah, it's it's an ongoing process, and I guess that's where I've been stuck for the last couple of months to a year, um, and it's now coming out in a really beautiful way, thank God, <laughs> um, and through my music, which I'm pretty excited about.
You've also commenced uh, another musical collaboration with Yvonne Raphael. Yes, uh, Yvonne. Yohan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell us about that collaboration? Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. I can tell you that, um, first off, that Yohan is sitting right here. He says hello to everybody. Thank you for the live. Um, and we are working on a couple of covers. Um, we did a really, really beautiful, well, we're working on a very beautiful stripped back version of FKA Twigs, um, two weeks, which, um, anyone who's heard Ewan's singing style and, um, piano playing style, uh, Ewan as a musician, I suppose, um, in general, will know that, um, yeah, the sound that we're producing is going to be very much in line with that, um, and with me. So it's really, really stripped back, very raw. Um, all the, all the elements are there. Um, there's not even a beat to it at the moment, which we talked about adding, but I think it actually sounds really, really nice with a lot of space around it. Um, yeah. I know it hurts. You know I'd quench that thirst. I can treat you better than them. Say you love me. Say Dreaming 
Sounds there of Yvonne Raphael and Heart of Tracks doing their version of FKH Wigs Two Weeks. You are listening to an interview on 3CR with Heart of Tracks on In Your Face. What other covers are you two working on together? You could do a whole album. We could do a whole album. We are we're not entirely sure. I can see you are now penning some lyrics and some ideas, so um, I'll ask them later to see what what they've um, had come to mind. But I've been really interested in covering the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Um, maps um, or warrior I think uh, they've been on my mind for a while so I'd love to cover them or potentially oh, oh we had another one but I, I can't I can't quite remember he's trying to mouth it to me but I can't I can't read his lips um, but yeah we're just we're just having a play around because we've we've always talked about making music together but this is the first time that we've come together and I guess focused a little bit more than um, than usual and we've put things down and where we're really, really getting somewhere now, which is really fun to see. Um, I think it's all been about timing um, and just kind of being in the right space to to work together. Um, but yeah, very, very exciting. You seem really drawn to collaborations, both musically and artistically through music as well, uh, through your Fate agency. And I know that on the 26th of, of, of June, Fate's got a bit of a collaboration that's being released with Cult Kiss. What can you tell us about their track, God is a Baseline? Cult Kiss. Um, so Jack and Claire of Cult Kiss, they're, they're very good friends of mine. Um, we we became close through Faint when I did a, a photo shoot with them in an Audio Files interview um, last year. Um, and they're just an amazing, they're just an amazing duo to work with. Um, they're so professional. They're so, they're so kind. They're so collaborative. Um, uh, their ideas are really, really big. And um, I just, I just love working with them. Um, the song that they are releasing on the 26th is Goddess a Baseline. And I did the 3D artwork, um, for their, uh, for their cover album, for their cover art, sorry, and all their, um, social media assets, which is a, is a kind of new foray for me into 3D, but, um, it's proven to be really beneficial, um, to my growth as an artist, um, and seems to be like the logical way of where I'm going. So yeah, it worked out, um, beautifully. So I'm really excited to, um, to have that released to the world. It's, it's, I, I haven't collaborated on um, on that musically in any way whatsoever, but um, it was an absolute pleasure to collaborate visually with them. I checked it out on uh, on Instagram, your artistic work on that track, and it's almost as if it is the music video. Yeah, well, at first, um, at first they had um, they had suggested doing a few moving image assets in three D to complement it, and just to, almost as a placeholder. But then, as I started doing it, I realised that. Um, there was nothing stopping me or stopping us from releasing a um, yeah cut to time three minute whatever it is um, video um, and just really kind of package it nicely um, and I'm glad I did that because um, yeah it just seems to it seems to work um, really really well with the song um, and yeah it's my first my first 3D video video art clip um, so I'm pretty happy with how it turned out especially for people that I really admire. 
Do you find that doing collaborations actually gives you artistic insights that helps you with your solo work that you certainly wouldn't be getting if you didn't do those collaborations? Yeah, definitely. Through through Faint, um, so for anyone listening, Faint is a creative agency that I started up um, originally a fashion and art publication, um, but now it's a digital um, creative agency um, uh, run by myself. And um, I do tend to involve a lot of the local community, um, whether it be musicians or designing, um, mentoring students from the social studio or putting on fundraising events. Um, this is the first time, I guess, I, I guess at this point now, uh, there's a lot of the intersectionality of everything that I do is um, we're at that intersection. Um, and so I am actually finding now that collaborating with musicians, not so much as a photographer or a visual artist, but more so from a music producer standpoint and um you know sending people my demos having people um send me their demos for feedback um has been a really like really valuable experience and it's been um yeah it's been quite heartwarming i guess to 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 know that people um you know in some way respect my um opinion of their work um and to be able to contribute to that um in a small way um just by advice or you know my own personal uh feeling after listening to the song um yeah it feels good um but yeah, I definitely do love the art of collaboration and am looking forward to um, involving a few different people in a few different songs that I have in the works, which I'll tell you about next time, I'm sure. Of course, another collaboration you did, which was very successful, was with Simo Sue and Race Rage. It was on the track Clown Cars. Yeah. Uh, what collaborations have you got with them in the future? Sounds like there could be something, especially with Race Rage. Yes, there is there is something in the in the potential works. Um, I'm looking to release a, a collaborative a- album through Faint, um, so not harder tracks per se, but through through the agency and involving um, a few different artists um, I've reached out to, including uh, Mini of Race Rage. Um, but a lot of this is reliant on a grant application that I'm crossing my fingers for and hoping will. Um, uh, manifest I'm, I'm hoping that i'll be a recipient of it um because essentially it's it's a body of work called gravity call and it will be a reflection of the current um the current climate of the world political and environmental um and we'll hear from voices um indigenous voices aboriginal voices uh queer and trans uh, perspectives um, as well as my own and a few others um i can't really um unfortunately let you know who else is um um confirmed until I um I know um if it's going ahead or not. But um yeah, it should be it should make for a really beautiful um for a beautiful piece of um body of work. It sounds like the pandemic and social isolation and just all the changes that have occurred because of COVID nineteen has actually created an incredibly productive space for you. Why do you think that is? To be honest, I mean it definitely has. Um for me, I'm a bit of a homebody to begin with. I've I've stopped going out um, in the last year or two. Oh, I don't go out very much. I don't party that much, um, and I stay um, at home. And I've and I've really learnt to to enjoy my space and my own company. Um, but I think with COVID and all the restrictions in place, it has, in a weird way, it, it's made me more productive because I know that everybody's in the same boat if that makes sense like everybody's because you know i i don't i don't have a full-time job i don't i don't it hasn't made much difference to my working hours um because i do everything from home um but in a way it has made me more productive just knowing that everybody is at home and they're just uh you know they've got a lot of time and i feel like i've got a lot of time as well and 
I don't know. It was it was a weird it it, it was a weird effect it had on my brain um, that I just felt the need to be more productive um, now that uh, yeah everyone was in the same position. I don't know, um, but it's worked out. It's worked out well for me. And Centrelink went up, which is great. So now I've actually got enough money to live comfortably. So yeah, I guess you could say that um, this this time has been uh, there have been silver linings to it, um, as terrible as it is. Alex, thank you so much for talking to me on 3CR today. You're welcome. Thank you very much for asking me to be part of the show. There's a lot of statistics on what services Rough is used, how often they use them. They know how many times they've been in and out of each and every service. Then nothing about what their feelings were, how it felt, what their tips were, what were their suggestions, how did they survive? I think what that shows is that whatever people may think, the stereotype, in, in, especially in the right-wing media, about who homeless people are and what their character is, we can vouch that people who have had a lived experience of sleeping rough care about themselves and others and the community. You know, we found that 50% of the people we surveyed didn't have a public housing application. Some of them had slept rough for over 10 years. So this is really, this fills a real gap. And I think it's really important that, you know, everyone be given access to information. Tricia, your station in struggle and solidarity. Jump online and give what you can. Go to 3cr.org.au.
know that I won't be fixed Overnight I still got work But trying is a step I'll take To get to know what I deserve Cause I'm gonna look in my face And I'm gonna love the shape I'm in I'm gonna know all of my insides And be comfortable in my own skin I just gotta remember that track today and I spoke with him this week. Benjamin, welcome to the show. I love Worth. Tell us what it's all about. Um, the song is about recognising your self-value and understanding that you deserve a place in this world. Um, as a queer person, I grew up struggling to come to terms with my sexuality and Worth is about the struggles I face and accepting myself and owning my queerness. So there's a real element of finding self-esteem and acceptance in the song. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that is pretty much, I pretty much wanted to write like an anthem for the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, but also anyone else that needs a reminder to love and accept themselves for who they truly are. You've got enormous experience uh, as a songwriter. Tell us about your journey in that regard, which really started when you were a kid. Yeah, so um, I pretty much started, I first, sort of like my first interaction with music was with karaoke with my um, family. Um, I come from a Filipino household, so karaoke was a huge, huge thing. Um, 
And I sort of learnt about singing through that. And then my dad also was um, self-taught with playing guitar. So I was really interested in picking that up. Got guitar lessons when I was 12 and then just continued to study music in my tertiary years. So karaoke was like the family religion. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I mean, if you go to any Filipino household, like I guarantee that they will have a karaoke machine. <laughs> wow. So what do you think the cultural attraction is, the link between the Filipino community culturally and, and karaoke? Why is it such a hit there? I honestly have no idea. Like, it's, I just know that Filipinos love to sing, and I guess maybe a lot of them just aren't embarrassed to. And <laughs> I guess that's just like the personality of a lot of Filipinos. We're just very out there, love, love to be, um, the center of attention a lot of times, I guess. <laughs> maybe. I'm not too sure. So, how old were you when you first started singing karaoke? Um, that's a good question. I guess around like 12, I would have picked it up and not been too embarrassed about singing along, but I was always surrounded by like my sisters singing karaoke. Um, and like, there's even like old tapes of my parents, like singing karaoke and holding me like <laughs> as a baby. So I was always, always surrounded by it, but probably not until I was like 12, I guess. And do you remember what tracks you started doing karaoke to when you were 12? Um, what's that? There's a Phil Collins song, I think. I forgot what it was called. But also like Boys to Men, End of the Road. That was definitely the track that I gravitated towards a lot of the time. <laughs> Did you find that boy bands were an influence on, on your singing style? Um, yeah, or definitely like Boys Two Men and a lot of like R&B vocalists like Mariah Carey and Beyonce and stuff. Like I really, really loved, um, just, I think I was in awe of like the technicality of their vocals and their skills. Um, and I grew up on a lot of like listening to a lot of that, but it, as I grew older, I, sort of branched out to more like folk and like indie rock and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading about you and your music, uh, especially Worth, and also your debut track Glue are described as combinations of folk and indie rock. What folk singers and indie rock singers have been an influence? Um, I'm guessing Jess Hopper from Killing Heidi? Jesse Hooper, yeah. Um, he was actually a teacher at my university. And so he definitely helped out a lot in terms of like building my stage pre presence and working on learning about dynamics and songwriting and stuff like that. So he was a huge influence, but a lot of um, artists, I guess, outside of um, Melbourne, uh, some folk artists, maybe like Father John Misty, um, Janice Ian, I love her stuff, and some sort of indie rock stuff. There's one that I can think of, uh, Lucy Dacus. She's amazing. Um, I really, really love her stuff. Yeah. Just very angsty, um, all the feels type stuff. <laughs>
it's awesome that Janice Ann is an influence because, of course, she was probably one of the one of the first queer folk singers yeah. to actually come out in the seventies, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. I I like love watching her um, live performance of Seventeen and um, Stars. I, I I really love how she like talks to the crowd as well, and I I like to sort of be inspired by her stage presence as well when I'm performing. Do you miss performing because of the COVID-19 restrictions? 100%. <laughs> yeah, I miss the stage so much. But there have been some, um, there have been a lot of people being very creative right now with trying to get the whole um, live stage thing, go- live streams and all that stuff going. So there's a bit of that. And I there are um, some venues that are doing very, very small capacity shows but um yeah it's it i definitely miss um looking out into a a big crowd instead of my phone screen <laughs> which is fascinating because you sound so introverted but it sounds like uh when you're on stage you're real extrovert yeah yeah i guess um i do like my alone time very much but i i don't know what it is about the stage but i i really just love um sharing my stories and knowing that I'm connecting even just with strangers. So what's a on the stage story that you could share with us now? An on the stage story? Um, yeah. I guess one is there's a song that I wrote called first kiss. And that's actually about this guy that I, I went to uni with and I had a huge crush on him. Um, and we were out, uh, where was it? The Workers Club in Fitzroy. <laughs> and we kissed and all that, but it turns out he had a girlfriend. Um, and that's that's one of the stories that goes along with that song, First Kiss. I thought it was such a funny, interesting story that I had to, like, share it. <laughs> so how long did it take you to find out about the girlfriend? Um... Well, not too long because she was actually there. <laughs> she was actually there that night, um, but it was a bit of a haze because drinks and stuff like that. And um, yeah, she, I did find out that night, so that was a bit awkward. You're listening to 3CR Radio. You're listening to an interview with queer musician Benjamin Trelado on 3CRs in your face. What songs are you working on at the moment? Um, Will Worth be part of an album? It won't be. Right now it's just a single. Um, I've just been thinking about putting out singles. I just really like focusing on songs individually and making them sort of have their moment. Um, But I do, I'm always writing and I actually have quite a few songs that I still um, have yet to record that are that I think are finished. Um, so I definitely want to keep putting out more singles and may- maybe an EP along the way as well. Um, yeah. Can we expect them to be the folk indie genre or or can we expect you to branch in a new direction? Yeah, I think I don't like to keep myself um, too limited. So it's really like often it's – an album that I've been listening to um, or something like that. And I just kind of 
absorb elements of that sound and then it translates into my writing. Um, so it, it can really change because I listen to so many different type, types of music. Um, but right now I'm really into that, um, indie folk rock kind of sound. How has social isolation affected you generally? Um, I definitely have a lot more time alone, <laughs> which is... Is that good? It's it's good, um, but it's also, I think, at some times it can feel like, oh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing enough, um, or I'm not working hard enough, or I could be doing more. There's a lot of that thought process that goes on, I guess, when you spend so much time alone, but... Um, I have come to sort of enjoy doing nothing <laughs> and embracing that. Um, so it's, it's been okay. Um, and I've had a lot more time to focus on planning the release and, um, doing all that stuff. Yeah. It's so exciting. Uh, worth drops today, Friday. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the promotions you're going to be doing. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing some live streams. Um, I'll be doing, they're called the isolation, uh, isolation sessions. Um, and I'll be doing that on the 16th of July. And that's just a cool little video live stream performance. Um, but I'll also be doing some, um, I'm calling it a virtual home tour. <laughs> and it's basically a tour of my house um, in July. And that's just going to be on my Instagram at Benjamin Trillardo. Um, And that'll be on the 17th in my bedroom, um, on the 24th in my bathroom, and on the 31st in my kitchen. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, You've got it all planned out, rooms and all. That's so it's awesome. It's a huge tour, yeah. <laughs> Massive. And so the bathroom tour, I mean, what's that going to be like? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'm going to keep it a surprise, you know. There might be some fairy lights around. Um, there might be some little, there might be some special guests. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so you're thinking about some guests, any teasers as to who it might be? Oh, I'm still, oh, I reckon I'll keep it. I'll keep it a little bit of a secret. <laughs> You'll have to follow my Instagram to, to see. Awesome stuff. Benjamin Trillardo, thank you so much for talking to me today on 3CR. It's been great. And congratulations on Worth. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. 3CR. Isolated? Quarantined? Need some essentials but can't leave the house? Or just having a hard time dealing with everything at the moment? Queer Aid NAM is a new mutual aid group of organised volunteers. We're here, we're queer, and we've got your back. Whether or not that's how you identify, nobody should be suffering because capitalism or the state didn't provide what they needed. That's why we're working to strengthen our communities through solidarity. Put in a request for help and we'll match you with a volunteer in your area who can either pick up groceries or other essentials for you, help you run errands, cook meals for you, or check in with how you're going. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, or if you want to join the volunteer list, find us on QueerAidMelbourne.org or search for us via Facebook, COVID-19 Queer Aid Nam Melbourne. 
So tell your family and your friends, and don't forget your neighbours. That's QueerAidMelbourne.org, a 3CR supporter. AOB, what up, A? What we want? Want them to say. with Alicia Keys, put it in a love song. I'm out of here. Jacob's up next with a Friday rave. Thank you so much to our guests on today's show, Harder Tracks, and their beautiful music with Yvonne Raphael, and of course, uh, the wonderful Benjamin Trelado. His track, Worth, is out today. They're all great artists. Please support local queer musicians. They need your help, as does 3CR. Our June online appeal's almost over, goes till the end of the month. We know times are tough. We know there's so much out there that needs support. But if you can, 
please support 3CR. Donate via our webpage at 3cr.org.au. It would be so appreciated. We'll catch you next week on In Your Face.
Hi, my name's Kath. 3CR has been in my life for decades. Each week I listen to my favourite programs. However, it's in a time of crisis that I really appreciate how important 3CR is. Often, this is when thousands of people are on the streets pushing for change. In this time of COVID, no one is on the streets. 3CR is more important than ever, keeping all our communities connected and informed. 3CR is a remedy for social isolation in this time of physical distancing. Good on you, 3CR. 3CR.